I'm going to pray for our listening to and then hearing preached the Word of God from 2 Corinthians. When I'm finished with the reading, I'm going to say this is the Word of the Lord, and if you're willing and desirous, you can say thanks be to Christ. Holy Spirit, we ask that you move amongst us in ways we can sense and understand. Enliven our minds as we hear your word read. Enliven our emotions as we hear it preached. Encourage our very beings, Father, Son, and Spirit, with the truth of your promises and provisions and commands in this life. Amen. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe. And so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to Christ. So it's great to be with you this morning. Nice to be back at the barn. Uh, we've been visiting here for about 11 years uh, since we first uh, visited here. We've been living in the Middle East now for 28 years, uh, by God's grace. And it's not a very easy place for us to live. But life is not about being easy. Uh, and this passage really deals with that a lot. In recent years, I've often asked myself the question, how can we endure faithfully and joyfully in difficult ministry for years and years on end? This is not just a question for people in ministry. This is a question for all of us. God has called all of us to this. Um, for any Christian wanting to stay faithful to the Lord long term, maybe you're struggling to keep witnessing to unbelieving family members. This is Thanksgiving week. <laughs> it might be a very relevant thing for this week. Maybe you're struggling with raising children with disabilities, or all children are challenging to raise. Or maybe your spouse has passed away. You're just having trouble holding on. 
We all need to be enduring and pressing on. I see a lot of zealous young people eager for ministry and then losing hope. I see a lot of middle-aged people like me just getting worn out, throwing in the towel. It's easy to have excuses. Well, I'm not so young anymore. It's like, yes, that's objectively true. You're not as young as you were yesterday. That's how aging works. <laughs> or I just don't have the energy anymore. It's like, yes, our energy decreases over time. Look at these little kids. They have unlimited energy. And we get tired watching them. Uh, so it's steady decrease of energy over time. Or you can say, look at all I've done over the years. Look at my resume. Like, well, yes, but we need to keep pressing on and not just rest on our laurels uh, for that. Paul addresses these questions in that passage that Matt just read of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The church in Corinth had gone through a lot of difficulties and Paul the apostle and his team had been through even more difficulties, even more struggles, even more suffering. How did Paul keep going? And how did he encourage the church to keep going and to not give up and to not lose heart? Uh, when you're in the midst of suffering, you're trying to live a faithful life as a Christian and it's difficult and you're suffering, you could easily have one of three wrong conclusions from that. You might conclude, I'm doing something wrong. If I'm suffering, I must be doing something wrong because if I'm doing everything right, everything should go smoothly. That wrong conclusion is addressed in this passage. The second wrong conclusion, you might say, God has abandoned me. I'm suffering. It's difficult. God must not be with me anymore. Well, that's false. That's another false conclusion you might get to. Or third false conclusion is say, just give up. It's not worth it. <laughs> That's the wrong conclusion to have also. Uh, all these wrong conclusions are addressed in this passage. Uh, so let's, let's look together again at this passage. So um, if you could pop up the first slide, which has the first paragraph, verses 7 to 12. Um, so 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. I'll read this whole paragraph again. Um, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This first paragraph establishes that there's a lot of suffering in the Christian life. There's a lot of suffering. It's easy to be surprised by suffering. <laughs> to think, oh, if I, only I can grow more in faith and obedience, then everything in my life will go great. And you know, generally your life does go better when you're living a good life. Read the book of Proverbs. If you live a life of wisdom, generally things go better. But there's still a lot of suffering. <laughs> there's still a lot of difficulty. Um, Paul is describing his life here as a life of victorious faith. 
It doesn't look that much fun, but this is victorious faith. Victorious faith is not like the TV preachers of everything is always great and healthy and wealthy all the time. That's not my reality. That wasn't Paul's reality. That's not what I see in scripture. Um, but in each point, he's stressing the suffering is real, but it could be much worse. And God is with us in the midst of it. The suffering is real, but it could be much worse. And God is with us. So we're afflicted, but not to the point of being crushed. So it's difficult, but we're not actually crushed by it. We're perplexed but not to the point of despair. Now, I think some of us as Christians feel like if we can just hear God's voice well enough, we will always know what to do. Well, that wasn't Paul's experience. He was perplexed. So if you're feeling perplexed, unsure about what's the good thing to do, what's the right thing to do, you're in good company. (laughs) You will not always know what's the best thing to do. I think the Christian model biblical model of God's guidance is we pray a lot for guidance and we pray for wisdom and then we do what we think is best. (laughs) Sometimes God speaks to us. Most of the time we go on the basis of what is wise and good, but it's sometimes perplexing. (laughs) Sometimes perplexing. Uh, We're persecuted. So there in verse nine, we're persecuted, but we're not forsaken by God. Even if it's difficult and you feel persecuted and pressed and suffering in so many ways, you're not abandoned by the Lord Almighty. You can be rejected by people, but not by God. And so for me, I don't expect to be celebrated and welcomed as I talk with people about Jesus. But God is pleased. He's the one that needs to be pleased. (laughs) That's what it's about, pleasing him. And we're struck down but not to the point of being destroyed. So like, yeah, you can be struck down, you can be persecuted, you can be afflicted, but it's not destruction. It could be worse and God is with us in the midst of it. So you see here, perseverance is not riding a wave of success. You read some books, you think Christian life is just from one success to another. It is difficult. But perseverance is to keep going with joy in the midst of difficulty. It's easy to praise God when things are going well. You hear good news and say, God is good. But when we hear bad news, let's also say, God is good. And yes, God is with us. God's power is displayed as he enables us to endure difficulty and adversity. He gives us the strength for that. So cheer up. God is still with you and you're suffering. And your suffering could be worse. And the cross of Jesus is revealed to others through our suffering. Jesus' cross is revealed as we're suffering. Let's look at the second paragraph. So verses 13 to 15. Um, So also I'll just read that again. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe. So we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. It's so wonderful. Verse 14, we're knowing, we're knowing, not hoping, not vainly wishing, (laughs) 
We're knowing a truth. Christianity is not mindless optimism. It is knowing the truth and living life on the basis of the truth. The reality that we know, verse 14, that he who raised the Lord Jesus, so we know that that happened. He raised the Lord Jesus, but that's not just a historical thing 2,000 years ago. He will, first, he will raise us also with Jesus, and second, he will bring us with you into his presence. We're going to be raised. We're going to be brought into Jesus' presence. That was Matt's sermon last week. I was not here, but I watched it online. <laughs> and so, but just, and that's 1 Corinthians 15. Such a wonderful message. The resurrection happened with Jesus. It's going to happen with us. So don't worry that you're dying now. Yeah, and you're dying now. We're all dying. It's just a matter of time. We're all dying. But cheer up, your future's glorious. Your future is glorious. The suffering is temporary. Uh, we will be raised up into heaven. And then the third paragraph. I'll camp more on this. Verses 16 to 18. Uh, so it's good to do the next slide. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Um, because of this, so I'll read this again. So, as in, so, in light of all this other stuff that we've been looking at. So, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So because of all these things, because... We know that suffering is normal. And we know that we will be raised with Christ. Because of this, we do not lose heart. If you think your suffering is a bizarre, unusual blip in the universe that's totally unnatural, you can say, oh no, this is a disaster. But you say, no, no, that's normal. <laughs> that's normal. It's to be expected. Um, I, I love the phrase I've heard from other Christian teachers, budget for suffering. Plan, you're, you're going to suffer. And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Because God is with us and God loves us. We know that God's power is displayed and he is glorified in our weakness. We know that we will be raised from the dead and be in heaven with God. So we do not lose heart by God's grace. And then, and then with verse 16, though our outer self is wasting away, as we age, our bodies inevitably decline some. Some of us aren't exactly wasting away, but still, we are getting weaker as we get older. Now, when you're young, you're passionate, you think you'll never get weaker. It's like, yeah, it happens. But God's promise is not physical strength and vitality forever, at least in this life. That's not his promise. Um, but, so, same verse. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. So our bodies have inevitable decline, but our, our spirits do not need to decline. You do not need to give in to despair and discouragement and, oh, life is going to get worse. No, life is going to get better. <laughs> we can have that hope in the Lord. 
uh, God's challenge to us here is to keep relying on him and reminding ourselves of the truth so that we can be renewed day by day. Notice it does say day by day. We're renewed day by day. That's not weekly. It's not just, you know, it's wonderful to worship with you all. It's a great encouragement. Um, Next week, I'll be worshiping with my church in my country with about 25 people present. And I'm half of the worship team. (laughs) I like to raise my hands. I don't get to raise my hands when I play guitar. (laughs) But I need day-by-day renewal. All of us need day-by-day renewal. What spiritual habits help you to be renewed day-by-day? For my wife, listening to worship music all the time. When she's cooking or cleaning, she's always listening to worship music. That really helps her. I don't like music on in the background, but I need a lot of time in prayer, and I take walks and pray. If I don't do that, I I start shriveling up spiritually. (laughs) I really need that renewal day by day. And for both of us, we love reading scripture together. We've been, we've started a couple years ago as Empty Nest, reading through the whole New Testament together and discussing it. It's wonderful and rich. And that's our daily reality check. I follow the news. That can be discouraging. What's going to happen with this? What's going to happen with my business? All these different things. Okay, and then we return to scripture. Yes, this is true. And we're encouraged not by vain optimism, but by reality, by hope. We need this constant renewal. Springs to mind Isaiah 40, 30 and 31. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Actually, I'm from Philadelphia. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Um, I guess it's eagles in this area. Uh, but, um, but God can give us strength as we depend on him. And it's not looking from within. It's not squeezing ourselves out. It's like you can't love that unlovable person by squeezing that love out of you. You need God pouring into you. <laughs> You need to rely on him. He is the source of strength. So as we plug into him, we're able to have energy for other things. We're able to be renewed. It's not squeezing it out of ourselves. But even young people can get tired. So certainly us older people can be getting tired. But we can be renewed. I turned 55 this year. Um, Speed limits used to be lower. and You had to slow down after 55. But now you don't have to slow down until 65. Or, you know, Mass Pike, maybe 80. But, um, so I can keep going, by God's grace. (laughs) But, and then verse 17 here. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Okay, okay, wait on it, wait a second. Paul talks about a suffering being light and momentary. Have you read about what Paul experienced? being stoned multiple times and beaten with rods and shipwrecked a bunch of times. He he suffered a lot. How can he call that light and momentary? Well, it's light and momentary compared with the eternal weight of glory (laughs) beyond all comparison. It's comparing with. Uh, Don't pretend that you haven't suffered. Don't say, oh no, it was nothing. Be honest. And especially with one another in church community. 
Be honest. People say, oh, how are you? If you are not fine, don't say fine. Say, this is, this is the place where you can say, I had a really tough week. I am really suffering. Don't deny that. But have perspective on it. Acknowledge that was really difficult. But in light of eternity, that suffering is light. It's not overly heavy as a burden. And it's momentary. It's so short. It's so short in light of eternity. You might say, but Peter, I've been suffering with this medical problem for 60 years. Yes, that's a short time in light of eternity. It's a short time in light of eternity. And so to think that way is helpful for us. But now that same verse says that light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Now how does suffering prepare us for glory? How does suffering prepare us for glory? Uh, there's some suffering that directly leads to increased reward. If you could actually jump ahead, to, there's a slide from Matthew 5, 11 and 12. That's an example of where there is actual reward as a result of our suffering. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. It's like, why would you rejoice and be glad when you're suffering like that? Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So this is an example, one example of where the reward in heaven actually seems to be greater for people who have suffered. Uh, in that case, being persecuted. But that's persecuted for the gospel, not persecuted because you're an obnoxious jerk. So please, if you're persecuted for the gospel, make sure you're being gracious and kind and sticking with the gospel and persecuted for that. Um, not being obnoxious. <laughs> but so there is some suffering that leads directly to increased reward, but also some suffering is preparing us for the reward. You value a reward so much better, so much more, if you've suffered and expended lots of effort for it. I remember the first time I tried fasting. That first meal oh, was so good because I was hungry for it. If you're eating a lot of food, you see an ad on television for some restaurant, it's like, it's not even attractive. But when you're hungry, yes, that's what you want. So suffering now makes us more eager for heaven. Makes us join with the writer of Revelation, John, to say, come Lord Jesus, come again, come re rescue us from this place, come fix this world. Suffering increases our longing for heaven. So it's preparing us for that. I remember when I was young and I, I was not longing for heaven. I was longing for a lifetime of serving God. Now I feel like, wow, I'm glad. I still want decades of serving God ahead of me, but there are fewer decades than I think when I started. And I long for heaven. I long for this to be over. I want to be faithful until then. But that's, that's preparing me. God has prepared me for that glory by making me long for that. And then verse 18 so back to the, that, um, so next slide, yeah, that same passage, verse 18. 
as we look not to things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. The things that are seen, this world, all of our problems, they're so obvious. They're right in front of us all the time. So they're like blinders. We don't see the bigger things because we just see the little things right in front of us. And we lose perspective. We need to consciously focus on the unseen. Spiritual truths, the the truth of our heavenly uh, future. And then for the things that are seen, also verse 18, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Why should we focus on the unseen? Because that's what really lasts. That's what's really significant. Our troubles are going to pass away, but eternal life is not going to pass away. Not going to pass away. Imagine this. You have a you have a, a little girl who's in first grade, just started her first grade, comes back first day all upset because someone said something mean to her. Now, you don't want to belittle her and trivialize what is happening and say, ah, that's no good. That's nothing real. Just cheer up. It's like, no, that, that's not what she needs. She needs sympathy, not belittling or trivializing her suffering, but she needs perspective. Oh, that's so sad what happened. But, you know, tomorrow will probably be better. And you're going to make other friends. And probably by a week or two from now, you will forget about it. And you know that's true. (laughs) So let's speak to ourselves the same way. (laughs) Speak to ourselves the same way to give ourselves perspective of this suffering we have. It's going to be over. It's, It's real. It's painful now. God knows it's painful now and it's real now, but it's going to be over. That helps us to have perspective uh, in that. That's what God wants us to do. Get perspective. Faithful Christianity and joyful endurance is not mindless optimism, but it's objective realism. The reality is the all-powerful God of the universe loves you. That's wonderful. That is fantastic. Let's remind ourselves of that and get perspective. And that perspective enables us to endure, enables us to not lose heart, but instead keep pressing on in whatever it is that God has called us to. Now, last week, uh, Matt preached on 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which is all about Jesus' resurrection and the sureness and certainty of our own resurrection. And in light of that, we have the final conclusion. The next slide, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, is the concluding verse from that chapter. And it's a good conclusion for this passage as well. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Yes, our suffering is real. Our outer selves are wasting away, but our future resurrection is sure. Our future resurrection is sure. Therefore, stand firm. You know that the future is guaranteed. So that being heavenly minded makes us much more earthly good because we can endure and we can press on in difficulty because we know it is, it is short. That time is short. Let nothing move you. Be always abounding in the work of the Lord, not doing the minimum, 
not doing what you think is possible for you to manage, but abounding in the work of the Lord. The basis of endurance is truth. Is truth, not pushing ourselves, but truth. Truth of the resurrection. We know that truth. That knowledge of the truth leads us to endurance. Leads us to not lose hope, but instead to be steadfast and immovable. We know that in the Lord, our labor is not in vain. You might keep witnessing to that family member and they never respond, but that's not in vain. God is glorified in that. And you have done what God has called you to do in that. Some people in their ministry see lots of people turning to Christ. Some see very, very few turning to Christ. Or you might keep investing in that child and they still turn away from the Lord. But God is still glorified in that. Be steadfast and immovable. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It's not a waste. Christian endurance is not just gritting our teeth and hanging on by our fingernails and barely surviving. I don't know what God is calling you to in this season of your life, but I'm sure it involves difficulty and suffering and needs endurance. God wants to tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. Press on in him. There might be an easy way out, but that's probably not the way God is calling you. God can strengthen you rather than let you escape by some easy, easy way. And rejoice in the amazing future you have in God. Rejoice in that now. That is a biblical injunction to rejoice now in that future. Look to the things that are unseen and eternal that helps us to keep pressing on for our whole lives. And by God's grace, we can find the joy to keep going despite suffering and difficulty. Let's pray. Oh Lord God, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Lord, for your grace in our lives. Lord, thank you for the amazing future that you have for us. Lord, I pray that you would grant us endurance with joy to, Lord, enable us to be steadfast and immovable and to be always abounding in your work. Lord, bring us to know more and more deeply that our labor in the Lord is not in vain and to know that we have that resurrection. Bless us, Lord, with joyful endurance in whatever situation we are in right now. Thank you, Lord God. Praise you. Amen.